Well, today's sermon is titled, A Treasure Inside. A Treasure Inside. Now, have you ever received a very special gift? A gift that you have treasured? Something that was really special for you? I remember as a young boy receiving a pair of red Adidas running shoes. Up until then, I'd had these white tennis tackies that you bought at the OK Bazaars. Anyone can relate to me. And these tackies were not special in any particular way, but they did the job. And then I got these red Adidas running shoes. And I felt like I was walking on a cloud. My favorite shoes. End of the day, I would take them off and I would just look at them. Put them away, go to bed. Next morning, I'd wake up, I'd take them out, I'd just look at them. Couldn't wait to get home from school so that I could put them on again. Now, today's scripture is about a far more precious treasure. A treasure that dwells inside of each person that has come to faith in Jesus. So if you have made the Lord Jesus the Lord of your life, He's your Savior, then this treasure dwells inside of you. If you can turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, I'd like to read a few verses before and a few verses afterwards that we can just see the context of this scripture. And this time I'm going to read from the Living Bible, so it might be a bit easier to follow on the screen. Remember, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. This is what he says to them. He says, it is God himself in his mercy who has given us this wonderful work of telling his good news to others. And so we never give up. We do not try to trick people into believing. We are not interested in fooling anyone. We never try to get anyone to believe that the Bible teaches what it doesn't. All such shameful methods we forego. We stand in the presence of God as we speak, and so we tell the truth, as all who know us will agree. If the good news we preach is hidden to anyone, it is hidden from the one who is on the road to eternal death. Satan, who is the god of this evil world, has made him blind, unable to see the glorious light of the gospel that is shining upon him, or to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of Christ, who is God. We don't go around preaching about ourselves, but about Christ Jesus as Lord. All we say of ourselves is that we are your slaves because of what Jesus has done for us. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness. Can you remember creation? Let there be light. That same God has made us understand that it is the brightness of his glory that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. But this precious treasure this light and power that now shine within us is held in a perishable container that is in our weak bodies. 
Everyone can see that the glorious power within must be from God and is not our own. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death, just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it is only the living Christ within who keeps us safe. We thank the Lord for His Word. It's an incredible passage of Scripture. My first of three points is about treasuring the treasure. Treasuring the treasure. My grandfather had a collection of old coins. It ended up at my sister's home as she was the first to have children and uh, her boys took an interest in them. But my sister and her family have just immigrated to New Zealand and about a month ago she brought this box of coins to me to see if Colin would like them. I told her that I hoped there was a really valuable coin in there somewhere so that we can use it to go and visit them in New Zealand. And uh, I took my phone and I did some Googling to see if any of the coins had any value. But alas, they were old coins, but fairly common and didn't have much value. You see, to treasure a treasure, we need to understand its value. In Matthew 13, verse 44, we read, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. Jesus shared this parable with us to indicate how valuable the kingdom of God is and of how the man treasured the treasure and was willing to sell all he had in order to gain it. Now here in 2 Corinthians 4, we read about a treasure in jars of clay. Other versions talk about a treasure in earthen vessels. I'll touch on the container in my second point, but let's focus a bit on understanding this treasure. You see, we need to understand this treasure inside of us so that it can change the way we see ourselves and the way we live. As mentioned, these words are penned by Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he defines the treasure as follows. Firstly, he describes the treasure as the living Christ within us. Let that just sink in afresh. The living Christ within us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Secondly, he describes it as the light and the power of God inside of us. God's light and God's power inside of us. And thirdly, he describes the treasure as the good news of salvation that burns in our hearts. Now, we carry a message of grace, that we are saved by grace, that we are forgiven and washed by the blood of Jesus. That message is inside of us. Now, Paul himself had experienced this treasure transforming his life. He had had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, 
And in that encounter, he experienced the brightness and the glory of God and the power of God. And this light and this power of God was on Paul, was in Paul. It was evident in his life throughout his ministry. Just like Paul, we need to live with an awareness of this incredible treasure inside of us. The presence of the Lord, the light and the power of God, and the message of the gospel. One of the challenges in today's world is busyness. Anyone find themselves too busy for their liking? Not so many hands. I think half the congregation's on holiday. You know, we can rush through our days at a pace that makes it difficult to reflect and meditate on the things that matter most, that make it difficult to stop and to reflect on this treasure inside of us. I have two alarms in the morning, one for the time that I need to get up. Most people have a second alarm for 15 minutes after that time that they're supposed to get up. Now, my second alarm is for 15 minutes before I need to get up. So I have one alarm for when I need to get up, and the other one is 15 minutes earlier. And in that 15 minutes, I love just lying on my bed and turning my th thoughts towards the Lord. To chance just to be still and to know that He's God. I try to think about who He is. I try to think about His character, His power, His love, His grace. Meditate on those. I often think about where I'm at in my, in my heart. I take time to sometimes just reflect on the day and just to declare to the Lord that I'm dependent on Him. Now, this time is different from my quiet time. It's different from when I read the Word or when I pray. It's a, it's a gentler time. This. It's, a, it's a deeper time. This. You see, when we treasure God's presence and power, then we can have a profound impact for good on those around us. Our spouses benefit. I know for me, I'm spending time with the Lord and reflecting, then Pam will benefit. Our spouses benefit. Our children benefit when we are aware of this treasure inside of us. Our colleagues benefit. The people that we interact with, strangers, they all benefit when we are aware of this treasure. You might ask me, how is this so? How does this happen? As we treasure God's grace and mercy towards us, then we will extend God's grace and mercy towards others. If we think about how He's forgiven us, we will extend forgiveness to those who have hurt us, those who have sinned against us. As we treasure God's peace during our difficult times, during our storms, then we're able to carry and speak His peace into the lives of others who are going through a tough time in their lives. As we treasure God's power to rescue us from the enemy, to save us from the plans of the enemy, then we can stand in the gap with faith for people that we know are under the enemy's attack. We can believe, we can trust because the Lord did it for us. Can I encourage you each day to take some time to meditate on Jesus and on the treasure that is inside of you. That way you can step into the new year full of His light and of His power and step into the new year with faith. So my first point was about treasuring the treasure. My second point is about embracing our fragility. 
I'll read our key text again. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is a clay jar. And to make it, a potter would have taken some raw clay, would have molded it into this shape, would have fired it up in a kiln to make it hard, and this would be an earthen vessel, as is spoken about in the Bible, or a jar of clay. In Bible times, jars like this were used for many things, most often to carry water, possibly for oil, sometimes to contain food. Sometimes these jars were used for other purposes, like to store some money or some jewels. Uh, often parchments or precious documents were kept in jars of clay. We know that the Dead Sea Scrolls, when they were found, they were found in jars of clay. Paul is referring to himself and to all believers in Jesus as jars of clay. And in so doing, he highlights the extreme contrast between the treasure inside of us and the vessel in which this treasure dwells. He didn't want the Corinthian church to look to him. He wanted them to look to Jesus. He wasn't offering them himself. He was offering them the living God, the real treasure. Now the thing about a clay jar is that it is fragile and it is breakable. And Paul was aware of his fragility, of his weaknesses. We live in a culture where most people want to hide their weaknesses. On social media, people post images of themselves at their best and they share the highlights of their lives. You'll see over the next few weeks, you're going to get lots of photos from family members and friends who are on holiday and having a good time and smiling. That is what people tend to post. It's almost like we don't have permission to be frail. Yet, if we are really honest, in any given week, we all experience a whole range of emotions. We can experience joy and delight and contentment and peace. And in the same week, we can have moments where we are irritable and lonely and tired, maybe afraid or even discouraged. Paul, as I mentioned, was very aware of his own weaknesses. In 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about a thorn in his flesh. And he talks about how he had asked God three times to remove it. And the Lord answered him and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Here's a conversation between Paul and God. Paul, Lord, please take this thorn from me. Lord, please take this thorn from me. Lord, please, I'm asking you to take this thorn from me. God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. You know, Paul's response to God's answer is incredible. In the same verse, this is what we read. 
Paul answers and he says, Well, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I deliver. I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Sometimes we can complain about our human weaknesses. But the wonderful thing about them is that then there is absolutely no doubt that the source of our power is from God. When we embrace our fragility, when we give ourselves permission to be human, we can then be kind to ourselves. It's okay to be tired. And when we are tired, it's okay to take some time out to rest. It's good. We can rest guilt-free. If we are angry, we can talk to the Lord. We can let Him know what is going on in our hearts. If we're going through a season in our lives where we are confused or we're discouraged or we're struggling, we can talk to someone. We can ask them to pray for us. Sometimes when we share a burden with a friend, that burden gets halved. Other people are helping us to lift it. We don't always have to be strong. And even when we are feeling weak, we can know that there is a treasure inside of us. Have you ever had one of those days where you're feeling weak, but deep down you know that God is in you, and you put your roots down into that stream, you put them down, and you know that you've got all of God's power and all of His love and all of His wisdom and His grace available for whatever you need to do. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 and 9, because of this, could say the following. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Think of these words, hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. These are words that can describe the struggles we experience, even as Christians. Have any of you experienced any of these recently? Is your clay jar feeling a bit battered at this time of the year? But not crushed, but not in despair, but not abandoned, but not destroyed. These all refer to how God delivers us, how He strengthens us, how He helps us, and how His presence and His power inside of us can make all the difference no matter what we are going through. There are two other blessings that come from viewing ourselves as jars of clay. Firstly, it protects us from pride. We need to remember that it is God's grace that saves people. It is His power that transforms their lives. It is His presence that brings comfort and hope to them. We are just the messengers. We are the vessels from which His love and His light can flow. There's no place for us to get puffed up or to get proud or to get arrogant. Everything is from Him. Secondly, 
Seeing ourselves as jars of clay releases us from depending on our own strength. The power and the wisdom that we need to live the Christian life, the strength and the, the power that we need to walk in righteousness on a day-to-day basis and to witness to others, that comes from Him. It's because of His power that we can overcome any struggle. We can overcome any addiction. We can get free of anything that is holding us back. It's because of God. A friend of mine has been invited to go on an outreach to the Netherlands next year. And uh, when I spoke to him, he, he was questioning the value that he, could, that he could offer to the team. And I could encourage him with this same verse. And I could say to him, you are the vessel. You are the vessel. It is the treasure inside of you that will impact people's lives. The Holy Spirit inside of you. The good news inside of you. The power and wisdom of God inside of you. How we need to remember this when God gives us an assignment that seems too big for us or at times in our lives where we are feeling overwhelmed. It is His power and His love and His light that is at work. Let's reflect on God for a moment. Isaiah 40 verse 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So we have this treasure in jars of clay. This treasure being the living Christ within us, the light and power of God inside, and the good news of salvation. And we are the jars of clay containing this very special treasure. My third point is an encouragement to pour it out. We need to pour out the treasure that is inside of us. Our lives as believers in Jesus should have a profound impact on those around us because of what is inside of us. Just like the parable of the talents, we need to take what God has given us and allow it to multiply. Just like the woman with the alabaster jar, we need to pour out our precious oil. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit in He dwells within us. So the fruit of His presence and the power of His presence should help us to see ourselves as mighty, mighty men and women of God. This is how we should live. So that the treasure inside of us can be poured out of us. Not like this. We should be living like this. Pouring it out. Pouring it out. In Philippians 2 verse 17, Paul says, If I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. If I am being poured out as a drink offering. When I was in kids' church, we sang a song that went like this. I wonder how many of you can remember this song. 
Love is something if you give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. It's just like a magic penny. Hold it tight and you won't have any. Lend it, spend it, and you'll have so many, they'll all roll over the floor. We were never meant to cling to God's blessings, to hoard the treasure in our jars of clay. Be that treasure God's love or light or mercy, wisdom or power. We need to pour it out, knowing that the Lord will fill us up again. I would like to close with the story of Elisha and the widow that's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Her husband had died and his creditor was coming to the lady to take her two sons from her in payment for the debt. So she went to the prophet Elisha and she asked him for help. He asked her, he said, what do you have in your house? And she mentioned that all she had was a small jar of oil. It was much probably smaller than this, a small jar, jar of oil. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. That's quite a nice thing to do, asking for as many jars as she could. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and behind your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. And the oil continued to flow. There's God's miracle. The oil continued to flow. Jar after jar after jar after jar after jar was filled up. A miracle from the Lord. The Bible tells us that she could sell the oil and pay her debts, and there was enough left over for her and her sons to live on. What an incredible provision from God. Friends, we are the vessels holding a treasure inside. Let's pour God's light and love into every relationship, especially those in your family. Let's pour God's love and light to those around us. And let's pour His love and His light into every situation that we find ourselves. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the indescribable treasure that you have given us. The light of Christ burning in our hearts is more precious to us than anything else on earth. How we treasure your presence, Lord. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that we are fragile vessels. We don't need to hide our weaknesses from you. You know when we are tired, discouraged, or hard-pressed on every side. Thank you, Lord, that when we are weak, because of your power, we are actually very strong. Today, we offer our lives afresh to you as vessels in your hands, so willing for you to pour the treasure of your presence and love into the lives of everyone we meet. And like the story, Lord, of Elisha and the widow, May your Holy Spirit, your oil, your treasure continue to flow from us every single day of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.